You're listening to At Home, the podcast with Wakarusa Missionary Church. We invite you to join our weekly conversations dedicated to topics that meet you right where you are. So, let's talk. And welcome to At Home with Walkie MC. Uh, guys, we are here on our first podcast recording. Uh, we are we're moving forward at, uh, at, well, I wouldn't say at lightning speed, but we're so glad to have each and every single one of you here joining us. Um, with me is uh, a great cast of characters, some of my uh, both best friends and colleagues. Let me introduce myself first. My name is Joel DeMont, and I'm the executive pastor here at Wakarusa Missionary Church. Next to me, we have Angie Brenneman, who is our uh, family ministry director, and then our fearless leader, Chris Knight, our lead pastor here. Um, guys, uh, thanks for being here with me. In just a minute, we're going to be introducing our uh, key guest. But before we do, Angie, let's just start off by asking the question, uh, why at home? Why, why this whole series that we've been talking about? We, we're having Sunday morning conversations with this at home series, but we want to follow it up with this podcast. Where did at home, where did this concept come from? Where was it birthed from? Well, Joel, the word at home is actually an acrostic, which was um, brought together, I think, in the Holy Spirit's power as yes. Dan and I yes. uh, sat in our kitchen, in our home, on a Wednesday morning and talked together about what word would represent t- this new decade we were going into, which yeah. was 2020, and where my ministry and what it would look like. And so the word home actually is an acrostic that means H for health, which is health mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, even financially. You yeah. can you can bring health into so many conversations. And then O is opportunity versus omission. And this is the opportunity to have the hard conversations. And that's kind of what we're doing here and why we're here. Yeah. And then M is multiply, which is multiplication. God asks us to multiply the fruits of our the spirit in our lives, but when we actually disciple and walk out in that, we see um, the people that we've invested and they produce fruit. That's true multiplication when we see that happen. And then E is for everyone. And as we have shared here at the church and as we go into this new series, um, we believe that God's really formed this out of Ephesians chapter four, which is God's called us as leaders to equip the church and everyone's involved in this. It's not just the young parents. It's not just the young kids. It's not just people. It's everybody together as a church body that create a healthy and growing body that God desires to, to, to have. And so with that, we started um, in 2020 with the marriage and parenting class that Chris and I and um, Dan and Shauna kind of launched. We did that. And then guess what happened? Yeah. COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. And so this kind of has, I guess you could say, just kind of fermented underneath the surface through COVID. And God just continually laid this out in front of us, all the issues of today's culture, all the things that COVID brought out in people's lives, um, just spiritually, emotionally, physically, and brought us to this time and place that we felt as a, I think as a staff that, hey, God, God calls us as leaders to equip the church for what is happening now. And I think that this conversation, there's always going to be conversations that are timeless. This is a conversation that is timely for our place and our 
um, time that we're in right now. Absolutely. Love it. And we've, we've really seen, um, uh, as Chris will share, I mean, we've definitely seen, uh, there's a need to have these conversations, but not just within our church walls. We, the, really the desire here ultimately is that, uh, even as you're listening now, we, you know, that, that the conversations that we're having are available to as many people as possible. And we want to invite people into the conversation around, around wholeness, around health, around, uh, really the number of, uh, topics that we're going to be discussing, uh, and over the next few weeks and then continuing on is this, what we hope that this show will just continue to, uh, to grow in its content and continue to address, uh, just really what we see as, as key issues within, within discipleship and, and ultimately, we just we want to be more faithful followers of Jesus. That is that is our call. That's what we want to do in our own lives, but what we want to call other people too. So, ultimately, we have landed on this podcast. We've we've decided that uh, this is a, another element, another avenue where we can um, offer what, what we hope are are helpful things. Chris, uh, tell us, and I, I know because for a long time, and it's been a conversation you and I have had, just an excitement uh, about this format, about the opportunity to reach out. Give, give me the history. Kind of give me the, the thought process and the journey that uh, kind of brought us even really here today and, and hopefully beyond. Sure, absolutely. So uh, to piggyback off of what Angie said, we are taking nine topics over nine weeks, and we believe so much in them that we have altered our entire Sunday morning schedule. So we went from two services to now having just one service. And then around each topic, having conversations on Sunday morning where we gather the whole church together, high school, all the way up through uh, our senior saints, to have conversations intergenerationally around topics that are not just sermon series. So over the next nine weeks, we'll be talking about topics from not just health and wellness like we did on Sunday, but anxiety and depression, forgiveness, grief, addiction, technology, uh, all kinds of different topics, and I just touched on some of them. But what we felt was important was not just to have a Sunday morning conversation, but to then take questions coming out of that and to make this podcast, because we felt like there would be questions that are left unanswered or areas that we would like to probe deeper. And so that's the genesis behind why, and uh, that's why we're here. Yes. And uh, every single uh, week we have, um, with our current home series, we have a guest speaker coming in, somebody, a Christian leader in our community who who offers a particular expertise and a particular perspective on a topic. And so uh, we are so grateful to welcome our guest, Crystal Weatherton, who uh, was our speaker this past Sunday. Um, but she's here at the table with us, and we're super grateful to have her. So Crystal, uh, first of all, hello and welcome. Well, hello, Joel. It is a absolute joy to be here, and I so uh, thoroughly enjoyed being with this body believer, believers uh, yesterday. They're 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 good folks. We Amazing. we we enjoy them as as well. Uh, Crystal, tell us, uh, give us a, the 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 bio, the run over. Uh, you're a mom. You're a you're a wife. You're a coach. You do all these things. Just introduce introduce yourself to us uh, tell us uh, what you're about and then as it's pertinent to uh, why why the wellness conversation mm-hmm. well I so I was a pastor's wife for 18 years and I actually would still consider myself a pastor's wife because my husband is still a pastor of our home um, but I have been in the grind um, I know what it's I, I know the body of Christ I love the body of Christ I love serving it. Um, and one of the things that I, I discovered along the way, um, just in life, you know, we have four kids, um, and we had them in a very uh, short period of time. And 
a, you know, just a combination of things like moving and renovating houses and building the church and serving people and stepping into crisis, like all these things sort of accumulated um, in my life in, in a way that that moved me into a major state of burnout, um, as did my husband. And so really a lot of why I'm here, a lot of why I'm doing what I'm doing came out of um, desperation <laughs> for answers to how can I feel better and continue to serve the Lord effectively and productively, and not just um, in the church or in the community, but in my home. Um, I remember the Lord leading me to the answer um, when I asked him, so what am, I, what am I supposed to be about in this season? And this would have been like 15 years ago. And he said, build your home and build the church. And so wherever he led me on whatever particular day, um, I, I showed up. And, uh, and I wanted to do that with as much energy and vitality and clarity of mind. Um, and I really uh, sensed him um, as I stepped more into this field of health and wellness. Now, I have a degree in exercise science. Um, I have a bachelor's degree. I uh, graduated from Ball State in 1999. Um, but since then, I just devoured one book after another, just seeking out answers um, to that big question. Like, how, how am I supposed to store this one life? And this one body, how am I supposed to steward that to the best of my ability? Um, and so I sought out knowledge on that on that topic, and and then really landed in this health and wellness space um, in coaching um, <clears throat> as a result of of really kind of a, an alteration in my own life. Uh, ended up getting some life coaching and discovered, man, this is this is where it's at. This is there's a real need here. And so now, uh, as you're coaching. Uh, what for you, what, what's the big focus? What's the, what's the thing that you want? Uh, and again, we're always asking like, distill it down to the simple, the simplest sure. thing, but what, what would you say is like the driving force, the thing that you're hoping, um, within the context of, of people's lives to see, to see change in what, what are you really hoping for and, and dreaming for and praying for? Um, as you interact with people? Mm, that's such a good question, Joel. Um, I was thinking about this today, actually, uh, in, in a, a different angle, but ultimately saying, what is driving me? What is this drive? Um, you know, God has really given me a shepherd's heart. Um, that's one of my, my spiritual gifts. And so from that angle, I think it's this desire to say, but there is a better way. There's a better place. Can I lead you to something better than where you're grazing? <laughs> and so I want to paint this picture for people of like, there's green pastures over here. Why are you staying here? Um, and so I have this vision of what those green pastures look like. And I really want to come alongside of people and I want to equip them and I want to empower them. I want to take, you know, as it relates to health specifically, I want to take health that is such a hot topic right now in our culture and say, can I put it back in, put the power back in the hands of the people? <laughs> can I take it out of the hands of, sometimes I think we feel victimized, like, well, we just have to do, we just have to do this. We just have to do, we just have to take another pill. We just have to do another surgery. But I want to say, I want to say, but God has re, has wired our bodies to restore. And so I want to come alongside them and show them how they can partner with the Holy Spirit and do that. And, and as you described that, I mean, we had a, a big part of our conversation this past Sunday. And, and for those of you that, that are interested, we, we are 
Um, our Sunday sessions, our, our main sessions that we're having uh, with the rest of our congregation are also will be available on our podcast format. So each week you're going to get um, kind of the big kind of presentation uh, recording and option. And then you're also going to have uh, this podcast and this recording. Uh, but as I think back to this past Sunday, uh, really the the theme of abundant life and, and what, what I and I hear what that's what you're really getting at. And that's kind of that's a. A biblical term, but it's you know when we think of the term abundance and life, what what does that really mean? Because that was something that was that was touched on and discussed. And I I just think so much of um and and I know as, as Chris and Angie will will just say in, in our interactions with people and and what the desire of people's hearts is really, they may not have the words for it, but they have a my sense is an abundant life desire. That's like, absolutely. That's what they're going after. Absolutely. It's, it's totally innate in us. It's wired into our design because we're created in the image of God who, why did he create creation to begin with (laughs) out of an overflow of a desire to create abundance and vitality. Um, But, you know, we got involved and it kind of went south from there. And so part of the big story then is how are we going to be part of that restoration, res- resurrection portion of the gospel story? And so, um, you know, when I think about tapping into abundance and how that contrasts what what we are culturally, um, I don't want to say brainwash, but maybe brainwash is the best word to use. We think that abundance means more. So let's get more committed. Let's sign up to more things. Let's do more. Let's go buy more. Let's go eat more. <laughs> and so, but more is not, doesn't equate to abundance, but better does. So it's not more, but it's better. And so when we talk about, when I, when I, how do I distill that? What does that look like in terms of my own life? Uh, well, I pull out my calendar, my husband and I, we pull out our calendars and we say, okay, where, where are we just feeling tired and stressed? What is not really our best yes? Where are we not creating space and margin for things like Sabbath? Where are we not taking time to enjoy one another and enjoy the abundant goodness that God has poured out in our lives? And so I literally make my decisions financially with my time, with my commitments, um, with how I shop and where I shop and what I choose and how I choose, I'm always looking to upgrade so I can tap into more of God's goodness, not out of a place of fear or striving, because I'm a recovering striver. Any, I don't know if anybody else out there is. There's some pointing fingers going on. God doesn't call us to perfection, just obedience. <laughs> That's right. So great. So you get my heart here. Yeah. That's really what I'm about. That's can, great. Can I jump in on this for a second? I, I like how you said it was innate. It is innate. I, I think a, the search for abundance is innate. And I think that's why this conversation is so important. Uh, I find, I think in a church culture, we have to help people define what abundant life is because we're searching. Everybody's searching. And I like how you said that. Uh, if we ask somebody in the lobby on Sunday morning, hey, how are you doing? The number one response is busy. Um, yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> yes. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to be abundant. My life is abundant. It has all kinds of abundance about it, but it's not healthy. 
Right. And so I think this conversation is so critical because we're helping people understand how to take abundance and the pursuit of something that is innate. I think God given in us the pursuit of something abundant, abundant life, as it says in scripture, but how to form that in us in a healthy way. And that's where this conversation takes yes. a turn. And we can't let culture define that for us. Yeah, correct. You said on Sunday, and I wrote this down, I thought that was a really important uh, statement, that an abundant life is not a hurried life or a stress-filled life. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, it is perspective. Uh, it is. You asked uh, around the tables, you said, hey, give us, a, give us a, a little bit of chance to talk, and then what feedback did you get? My, pers my, my answer was perspective. I think today we, li we live in a world where we're microscopic. We're zoomed in on the momentary issues of the day, and perspective in abundant life, when we zoom out and see the bigger picture of things that are going on, mm -hmm. we get a whole different perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think that sure helps. Mm -hmm. You know, we can, when we talk about uh, cult belief systems culturally versus biblically, um, you know, one thing I, I really, uh, you know, before before Jesus set me free and before he really healed my, my soul, um, I never, I didn't know this, but subconsciously, I did not know that God was good. It was a strange thing. It was part of my healing to discover, oh, God is good and his intentions for me are good and all of his laws and his precepts and his principles and all that he holds in scripture is for my good and to reflect his good nature. And so when we look at culture and if we take our cues from culture to make our decisions about, you know, what we're going to involve our kids in and if we were going to get on the train of success and, and really drive that hard and never stop to sober-mindedly ask the question, is this really what God had in mind? Is this his intentions for my child? Is this his intentions for me? Um, and I get success. I, I love a good you know, dopamine rush of achievement. <laughs> but we can't let that be our driving force towards abundance without stopping and really analyzing and asking good questions about our why. Yeah. And Angie, I, over to you, I, you know, both you as a, as a parent of kids who are very active and you're, you know, you're, you're helping run a farm and you're, uh, we could just stop there and call that, uh, but also just the way you're, I think about how you're active in ministry here, but then also active and this is a, a call for you, uh, active in, in leadership out in the community within the school systems and things like that. I just wonder you know, when we're, when we're talking about abundance, I, I do wonder what, what, are, what are you hearing from families when it comes to their, their biggest challenges in this area and their, and their perceptions on, on the kind, like on the kind of life that they want to live I and mean, what, where's the disconnect in your mind from what you kind of just see on the ground between, um, here's the call here's the call before us and here's the longing before us. And then, uh, but here's what reality tends to look like, you know, at least, at least Monday through Saturday. And then we, we fake it till we make it on Sunday for a little bit. Or, and we, when people ask us how we're doing, we use the Christian F word, which is fine. Uh, I'm fine. Yes. Right. Well, I guess I want to, um, just preface this, that the word that came out when you were talking about, um, abundance in my mind and what God intended was, 
really going back to the farm is when you farm, you actually, in our American culture, you, you create boundaries. There's boundary lines. There's areas you plant the soil. You, and just like the, in the scriptures where Christ would say, you know, throw your seed on the rock and then throw your seed, you know, on fertile soil. And I think that oftentimes we don't place boundaries in our lives. And I think what your question is, is where are people going? Where's the striving that you want to get here? And I really think that the boundaries aren't in place because everyone, which we've heard this word, has a little bit of FOMO. And their fear is that they're going to miss out on abundant life rather than, no, it's Come a, on now. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. available to me yes. if I put it in the right place at the right time and I, and I do the work of the, the farmer, which my husband would say is not instantaneous. <laughs> yes, It comes yes. over time yes. and place and purpose. And I think that's probably one of the um, ways that I see a lot of families like, Hey, I'm not, I'm going to say, Oh, my kid needs to do this, or I need to have this job because I'll miss out if I don't do this opportunity. It's never going to come again. I, I believe God has a plan. And I think um, definitely boundaries are part of that abundant life. Yeah. The, the bound, the boundary thing. And again, we, we think of boundaries that can have a negative connotation, but but it's it can be very freeing in so many ways. We're able to say, uh, we could say yes to a lot of good things, or yes to the to the great thing, to the to the thing the that's best thing. the best thing that's in front of us. Uh, I just had a conversation with uh, somebody the other day. This is I'm kind of making a connection here where. Um, this person had come out of a, a long, uh, a long time battle. When I say come out, they're still in recovery. They would say, but uh, a long, a long battle with alcoholism. And they, something that they identified was early on a lack of boundary in life, a, a kind of a, a excess ev- everywhere in life, and then how as they grew up with that and also the conception of the not knowing about the goodness of God, not, not understanding who he really was. When those two things combined, it was, I'll try everything until I can't try anything. And then I'm, I'm no good to any, anyone. And I'm at risk of losing my home, losing my career, losing my children, losing my, losing my wife. Um, and so I just, to say boundaries, boundaries are good. They are, they're a gift and a, and a skill and to, to sort of establish what they are. And boy, oh boy, uh, I know for me personally, uh, the boundary area, when you look at the calendar and you say, we're going to have to say no to some things, man, the FOMO speaks, it speaks oh, to FOMO, me. Yeah, yeah. Right. The, just the fear of missing out, like, oh, they're not going to get to do this, this, and this. And I, I just, I just think, we're going to be okay, right? Like it's going to well, be- And Joel, if I could just yeah. jump in here and talk about that for just a second as it relates to this particular topic, um, because I talk with my clients about this a lot. We're not creating space for health in our lives because we're constantly living outside of ourselves, believing that something that is going to fulfill me is out there. But when we come home and we hear of and we experience um, and a, a healing in our identity as a child of God, and that becomes our baseline, and that becomes our foundation, we are going to nurture what we value. And what 
here's the, the difference between a worldly health and wellness, because I've been in that space. I know I know what's out there. People are looking and people are tapping in. They're just stealing things from God, his, his original yeah. design. They're yep. just stealing it and like contextualizing it to their own you know benefit ultimately. But in kingdom health and wellness, what we're ultimately saying is, God, I feel so loved by you. You, ex- you, I, I experience a spirit of sonship, spirit of daughtership that jo- that Romans eight talks about, and from that place of belonging and being known and being seen, um, I can't help but in response to that want to choose something different for myself. We're going to when we get in line with His values, we start wanting to nurture and nourish in uh, powerful ways. First, you know, our first responsibility ourselves, and then to those who are around us. Yeah, I was going to say on this topic of boundaries, one in the fear of missing out, the nice thing that I find, it's its not as uh, good an answer as she gave, is I just <laughs> want to give you all hope. Uh, I am now an empty nester, and, mm. and I am I'm finding a newfound freedom of chasing things around. And even as our life has taken on a little bit of a different pace, I would say this, I wish I would have started back five years ago mm. when we felt like our kids are going to miss out on all these things. But here's the, here's the reality. Uh, this can happen in our work world. This can happen in our church world where we offer so many different things. So boundaries are good. Asking the best questions um, uh, or the question of what is best is, is critical. So then in our other, so yeah, abundant life living, the call that is there, the opportunity that is there, the, the, the just what, it, and what really ultimately God offers us. Um, we, we can't even really wrap our brains around it fully. I mean, we're, we're just almost, it's like this big shining light that, that is just that, that is offered to us and we can continue to step toward it. I think, and as we do, things get brighter, but there's, you know, there just continues to be this, this really great call ahead of us. Um, but we all fall short. We all fall short. We all, we, we feel as though, uh, cause I just, you know, the call of heaven is built into the heart of every, of every person, whether they want to recognize it's that or not. Uh, we really, really believe that. And this feeling of whether we feel like we're missing out on opportunities or we're not, we're not showing up in the way we need to, you know, at any given time. And this was another, uh, just a key concept that was discussed, um, is, is this idea of shame, this this experience of shame that is always just in our culture. I mean, we don't think, especially in Western context, we don't think about shame culture as much as when we would look over to like Eastern context and whatever, but, but by golly, it is here. It is, it is something that we experience. And I, I just, I, I myself, I mean, I am a re- recovering, uh, you know, person of shame. That's something that, that rests on me regularly when, you know, and how I'm, how I'm feeling about myself. Crystal, if you could kind of identify and through, you know, the biblical framework and how, how it, if we were to kind of give a, an identify, identifying marker to it, what is shame in our life? Like, like, how do we know, how do we know when, when shame has come and is like, uh, as as I like to quote uh, one of my great comedian, one of the great comedians, uh, you know, it's uh, it's found its way in our head and and it ain't paying rent. You know, uh, you know? Um, how how do we know? Mm. Wow, um, it shows up in so many ways. It manifests in so many ways, and it's always pretty subtle. 
um, well, I don't want to say always pretty subtle. Let's just say that in the Christian realm, it can it it can be subtle, um, and it, it can show up in situations like um, let's just say uh, you you are part of you know you're you're in a social context, um, and all of a sudden um, you see someone who you remember you forgot to return a text or um, or someone that you know, like mm, three weeks ago, you kind of dropped the ball there. Um, you eme- It can be, this, depending on the degree or the grade of shame that you're struggling with, you are going to react and respond to that internally in a way that leaves you feeling like I am an absolute failure. And here's the thing. Typically, it's attached to your fear of how they perceive you. You're really caught in the snare of people-pleasing, needing their favor, needing their approval. And if you don't get it, then shame on you. Um, it comes up in the, in the realm of, of health and wellness. For example, a lot of people are driven by shame to the gym. They get in their car and shame is driving them. And that is coming from... And, and if they don't show up to the gym that day, shame on you. Um, and so as that relates to food, um, you know, we had that little talk yesterday, this little come to Jesus moment together as a church, and someone goes home and draws the conclusion that they should never eat sugar again. Well, first of all, I never even said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyone out there? Thank you for not saying that. <laughs> Thank you. No, Thank you, you just so said much. that we're supposed to drink water <laughs> I did for drink. our coffee. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you ruined a lot of people's coffee <laughs> this morning. Yeah. <laughs> but I saved their digestion. So, yeah. um, And so I'm, and, and you notice I did not give any prescriptive words yesterday. There's a reason for that. That was very, um, very intentional. Because I know how people function and they will take something that I intend to empower and stir up hope and they're going to take it home and look at all the things that they're failing at and feel shame. Now, they, you can also look in the mirror and feel shame. For many, many years, I looked in the mirror and I thought, I am so ugly. I have a question for you uh, with regards to this concept of shame. Yeah. Uh, I've heard different health coaches and others say, I want you to talk about a non-scale victory. Yes. Can help I me understand? Help me understand this a little bit better because I think that's where the shame comes in. Uh, I'm not seeing that I'm losing yes. weight. Yes, I'm yes. not seeing that my clothes are fitting different. How does that that concept of, of a non-scale victory fit into this conversation that you can still be well and and whole and live an abundant life as we've been talking about without measuring it that way. That's so good. Do you know how many conversations I have to have about <laughs> with people about this? Because somewhere someone decided that the that the scale defined their value, their worth, and their and their progress. Um, and so I actually in my phone I have a non-scale um, indicators of health, and there's like 25 of them. And so what we can again we find that we want to attach our things our, ourselves to things seen uh, much of what i discussed yesterday um jesus doesn't value the things seen as much as he values the things unseen and so i'll tell you what he's going to care more about than what's on the scale is what's going on in your liver your liver is a major detox organ and if things get blocked up in there because of you know just choices that we're making um that's going to be of concern to him 
because a blocked up liver is going to cause a whole host of cascade of issues down the road. Um, and so we're going to take care of those unseen things. Now, when it comes to shame, um, the enemy really loves to keep us locked in a very small cell, chained to the floor with a narrative of lies and stories that you have agreed to. You know, it's all an agreement thing. We've agreed with the enemy on some things about who we are and what our value is. And, um, and then we'll find things seen to attach like a scale or what we look like in the mirror or any of that stuff. I just I want to I want to point out the verse that you brought up yesterday because I think this ties the shame and the abundant life together, which is John ten ten, and we read it in a couple different versions, and it is in um, New Life translation. Pastor Chris's favorite uh, that'd be New, new Living. living. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. New Living translation. <laughs> the thief's purpose is to steal and kill. And destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, which is abundant life. So if you take that first part of that sentence, that is shame in a nutshell. The, the thief comes wanting to take away abundant life, wanting to shame us into believing the lies that we're telling ourselves, that the culture's telling us, that the scale, whatever it, whatever we're speaking, that narrative into our um, heads, and he wants us to stay there. And can I tell you how that plays out practically in the kitchen? Oh, yes, please. Mm-hmm. How that plays out practically is we need immediate relief because that is a form of soul suffering. So what will we do to get that immediate relief? We will find a half gallon of ice cream, and we will drown our, our pain there. And it will, of course, then the enemy loves this because it becomes an absolute cycle of misery. And so then we, out of shame, we're like, I I just need to, okay, Monday, Monday, I'm going to get myself back together and I'm going to, you know, conform to this image of what I think is going to equate to value and identity and worth. And so again, we're look, we're using and abusing something that God said, that was never my intent with movement. That was never my intent for you to use food in that way. I want you to move and breathe and have your being. I want you to move from a place of joy. That was my intend, intended design. The way that I talk with clients about this is, um, if you were to, we love our children. I mean, we're just, you know, infatuated with our children. And so everything in, in us as a parent wants them to just go play and have fun and, you know, eat good food because we know it's going to nourish them and like radically celebrate life. That's what we want for our children to have to see them miserable and stressed or like locked in a dark room, playing video games, eating Cheetos like that would just absolutely rip a mother's or at least it rips my mother's heart out. Um, and so what we want is we want them to enjoy nature and tap into the goodness of God. So why on earth would God, the father's heart, not want that for you? his child. So let's get in line with what the father desires and what his intentions are for you as his child. And let's just do that. It really simplifies then our decision-making process. So I would have a question when it comes to this shame idea. We mentioned uh, shame is not of God, but talk to me about the difference between shame and Holy Spirit conviction. Because I think sometimes the Holy Spirit's convicting 
in a certain aspect. And yet at the same time, we don't like it. So therefore we feel like, well, the Lord must be shaming me, but the Lord doesn't shame us. Right. right. The Holy Spirit convicts us. How do we distinguish between those? So there are two C's that I, I, I mean, we can use the S word, but for the sake of like, you know, organization in the brain, condemnation, which is basically shame Mm -hmm. and conviction. When we are experiencing condemnation, and, and this is really relevant to, you know, we, I, we're going to talk about the life wheel here in a little bit. The life wheel essentially is 10 categories that, that I've con- condensed to say, hey, these are, these are 10 things. We just want to kind of keep a feeler out, see how they're doing. We want to keep them in a certain range. We don't want to totally neglect like eight of them and think that we're going to do well. Like this just puts it real practically in front of us. So when we are dealing with condemnation, um, what we're going to experience is an absolute hopelessness that we will never be able to deal with the stress and pain in our lives. Okay. One of the spokes in this wheel is stress and pain management. I, it's more of a processing, like, can you process stress and pain? Well, that's going to be an indicator as to how well you're going to actually move through life. Um, let's talk about, um, you know, activity, um, activity. Now, some people would say, you know, exercise. We only go to the gym because we're not living in prehistoric days where we have to go gather water from the creek. And so we now need to go to the gym. It's Hold in on. Our... I, I gather my eggs <laughs> oh. and oh. milk the cow. No. Hey, that counts. Thanks, that farmer. counts as activity. Sorry. I have to say that. That's why you look so strong, Andy. No, Come no, on. No. I have a detached garage. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's right. We have struggle. to walk to the garage. Way to struggle. But yes, that's so true because we don't understand that we're only really like two generations from having all our food provided. And it was in the 50s that gro- grocery stores came about. Yeah. We're not foraging. We're not killing our animals. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were incredibly physically grueling activities. And so we incorporate things like the gym or going for a run because our bodies are craving that kind of movement. Um, and so as it relates to your question, Joel, on condemnation, what what the enemy is now doing is the things that are supposed to foster life, we now are going to feel hopelessness around. We're going to attach ourselves to lies about and so when you, when anyone is ever experiencing a stress, um, like anxiety, okay, let's talk about anxiety. When someone is, in, in, is dealing with anxiety over whether they're working out enough or not working out enough, I know that there's a shame issue. There's a condemnation issue. And that means that's just a spiritual deliverance thing that we can do where we just, you can just be set free of that. You can choose to not to greet the enemy. Now that there's deeper roots in that. And I don't want to get too far into why you're even experiencing that in the first place. But then as it relates to conviction, I, I've told my kids this over the years. I believe that as parents, the best gift that we can give our children is um, to see that repentance and conviction is one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given us. I have now like trained myself to run to it <laughs> daily run to it because it's so freeing. It's so, it's it's literally, it's the door to our freedom. Yep. And so when it comes to these things, let's just say I fall off the wagon. Okay. I fall off the wagon. I like three weeks. I've just like eaten like trash. <laughs> I've gotten four hours of sleep because I've been up on TikTok for, you know, endless, you know, endless hours. Way to keep it relevant. By uh, the way. I'm, try- I'm trying. Hey, Thank I got you. four teenagers. I can you know. I, I, yep. know. Yep. I, I've not fallen in the t- into the TikTok abyss, but I hear it's real. Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> the bottom of that well is deep and dark <laughs> and, it's, and it's far down. Yes. And so let's just say I do that. And then let's just say um, I just like get love. I just get lazy. I just get lazy. I can't seem to move my body. And now I'm feeling like anxiety is piling up. The trash is piling up in the soul. Um, conviction is our greatest opportunity. In fact, I would, I would go as far as to say we can't make change without it. I agree. I think that conviction is where we have to learn what we're listening to in the Holy Spirit's yeah, voice. Think in our, about our thoughts. Yes. And we have to learn to hear him speak to us in situations because I think we can get so numb by the busyness, so numb by our decision making that that's where it's really hard to hear that voice. And we have to learn. It's a learned trait yep. to hear the Holy Spirit. And, it, and it's a gift. I mean, the, the ability. So in the psychology world, we refer to what we call executive attention. So this is when we, it's one thing that we as human beings have that no other animal has. And that is we can think about thinking and we can, mm -hmm. and we can. So when, when, when Paul says take thoughts captive, like, like there is a sense in which, um, one of the great, I mean, one of the greatest gifts that I was, I was ever given again, because I got myself a coach and if y'all listen, get a coach. And if you need to know more about that, you can get in touch with us here. Sometimes just that can be one of the most helpful moves in personal discipleship, Absolutely. quite honestly, uh, that you can, that you can do. And I, I know Crystal would amen and amen. amen. amen that. Yes. I need right. a coach. You yep. need a coach. Yep. We all need, we all each need other. a coach. Yes. It's good. Yes. Uh, I, I will say that that was one of the one of the biggest gifts that was given to me through coaching was exactly, exactly this was the ability to, to hold, hold my thoughts in front of, in front of me and to go, why do I think when this thing happens, why do I think that about it? Or I'm able to distance myself from it and be a little more critical. And then, and then also be like actually able to like observe my feelings in a, in a mm -hmm. situation or whatever. Um, I was in a, I was in a, I'll, I'll remain vague, but a, a, a relatively heated conversation with a group of people a little while ago. And as I'm sitting in there, the conversation, I should say it was, it ended really, really well. And like good outcomes came out of it, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of, a lot of energy in the room around what we were talking about. And, and I, I'm sitting there going, I'm getting, I'm getting anxious right now. I'm getting, Ooh, I think I'm getting scared. I think there's, I think there's fear here. And I'm actually giving myself like a little bit of a counseling session in the, in the I'm midst so of, impressed, Joel. of what's I'm going so on. impressed right now, but here's, but here's the deal that all those things are, are when we're navigating our own feelings of shame and, and remorse or anxiety about things, I, I like, I would not be in the place that I am in life right now. If that skill alone had not been developed and called out in me, to, to sort of, because otherwise you're just reacting all, you're just reacting all the time. You're never going, oh. why, why am and I? If we're, if we're not you. doing this personal work, we will show up to our homes and we'll show up to our churches. Yep. Not well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think this is a soft skill. This, I mean, a yeah. lot of people don't call it this, but this is yes. a, a soft skill that you develop. It's an overview effect of your life and looking in. And this is something you can learn really young. Yes. And this, I talk to my kids about this all the time. We had this conversation last night. Let's take perspective on how we feel and why we felt this way and why did we react this way. Yes, mom, do not talk to her after 9 p.m. if she's <laughs> hangry, angry. You know, <laughs> that's just how it works. But you can step back and see and understand why 
and see really the other side of the story and make changes. That's the whole mm -hmm. deal. The overview effect gives you that soft skill to make the changes and see the, um, the big picture. So Crystal, we would be remiss if we did not mention, and we'll, we'll make these available online. We'll provide a, a link along with this uh, for just a couple, you talked about the life wheel, a, a couple of, of diagnostics, some, some tools that are able to maybe just give us some handlebars and like to help get us toward the, how am I actually doing right now? And, and, and where am I at? And maybe give me a little bit of a vision for moving forward. Talk to us just about some of these tools sure. that you offer. Yeah. So this life wheel, um, you know, to be honest, I'm building as I go. I don't know if anybody else. And that sounds like church work, y'all. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but these are things that settle pretty deep in me, um, things that I, I see that need to be created. And so getting the opportunity to work with you guys and come and share has really been the fire under me to uh, to create some of this. Um, it's really pretty basic, but I, I, I took 10 categories, um, hydration, breathing, sleep and rest, detoxification, emotional, spiritual connection, nature, activity, balance, nutrient load, stress and pain management. And I, I go on to define them. And so as the assessment then on the back of this says, you know, you can, you basically, the, each category is 10 points. Um, I'd give a, a good description of what each one of these kind of what you're aiming for and then how you would, you know, measure out of 10. How are you doing? I use a one to 10 scale with, with people a lot. I use it with my kids. I use it with my husband, though my husband isn't very responsive. I, I, I don't can't know imagine. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Wow. Just called him out right I, I, here in front of everybody. I stopped health coaching him a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. But we all, we're, you know, as wives, we kind of do health coach, whether they want to believe it or not. You know what? I figure if I show up and I apply First Peter 3 that says, you know, model, not by words, but by behavior, <laughs> that eventually the culture in my home would follow suit. And they have, truthfully. Um, and I would love to talk to moms about this. You know, how can moms just have so much power? They just have so much power. That's, I don't want, I digress. Um, so back to the life wheel. I want to just say, this is an opportunity for you to drop the pin on how are you doing? Um, if you feel like uh, on a nutrient load piece, this is a big deal. I study nutrition. Um, I believe that God, um, when he created things in the Garden of Eden, they were meant to bring us life. And then people got involved and it all got messed up. You know, we are in a state of decay. And so um, I don't, I'm not here to, uh, you know, cast some kind of unrealistic um, vision of, you know, we're supposed to be, you know, experiencing perfect health. I'm not here to say perfect health is the goal ever. Um, when we look at what the goal is um, with abundant life, it's not perfect health. But all that to say, with something like nutrient load, then the application process of, okay, there's just a bit of a paradigm shift that has to happen as it relates to then, what are we going to have in our kitchen? How are we going to maybe do just more home cooking versus, you know, eating out? Um, how can I we... I made a, a decision on that with you my did. coffee. Oh, do tell. Yes. So I made a decision from the um, hydrate, uh coffee mate that's really bad for you to yes. the all natural, all um, uh, good for you, whole milk. And it was okay. really hard. It was, like, that's just yes. like one decision it's when good. you talk about nutrient mm -hmm. load, because I think we all can say, I'm, I fail at that at sometimes. And it depends on what time of day, depends on what your schedule looks like. That's right. Because real what's life going happens. On. Yeah. 
Or you could just drink your coffee black. Yeah, <laughs> you could just. I do know. That. Sorry, like, I like I like cream. Like like some of us have already decided to do because we're committed to the. Well, I'm getting there. Joel and I are committed, committed to wellness. wellness. Yeah. We're committed to wellness. <laughs> I'm getting there. Hey, I drank my water this morning with a little bit of you know lemon drop. And I'm so proud of you. Yes, I'm so, so proud. We're, we're just my nailing this. Yeah, we're just nailing so this. Exciting. Small steps. Baby yes. steps. Well, and and as I said, uh, this uh, this wheel we will make uh, available uh, on our on our website and as a resource just for those that can follow up with it, take a look and kind of do an assessment. We our desire is there's a, just a, a down to earth practicality to all of this. It, a lot of the times we can um, have kind of these overly spiritualized conversations about it, and at the end of the day, like we're all just trying to answer the question. Okay. How then should I live my life? Like what, mm-hmm. when I get up tomorrow morning and I'm making decisions and priorities and all of that, what does that actually look like in a way that is uh, honoring to God in a way that is that is just quite honestly livable? Like that's right. mm-hmm. be, because I, I think that's the thing for so long and I know in my own in my own life and I'm just and I'll be honest, Pastor Joel is trying to get back on track with this after a, a couple of a, couple of rough years uh i offer coaching services thank you so much Uh, and we'll we'll let you get your plug in a second um uh, but yeah ultimately it's it's just like you know this kind of it's available to us i I know we look at the you know the infomercials of the of the instant nearly instantaneous success and all this transformation and we want to right size it obviously but it, it is possible for you to to be in a better place to feel better to live better tomorrow than you did today and then and then the and then the day after and so that's really this is not pie in the sky sort of stuff this is this is real life this is real life you know and there's a there's a very important reason why we chose this topic first because we're going to get into those other topics of addiction and anxiety and depression and grief forgiveness so on like that technology uh, if you don't come from a place of wholeness, wellness, then I think it really matters. It, it really does uh, change how we view some of those other topics. So I have a friend, his name is Dan Riemenschneider, and he says that he's always said this as a rule of thumb. The next five years are going to need to go by anyway. Don't wait to build the perfect plan. Just start living the plan. And I think that's critical when it comes to this idea of health and wellness is we, we, we think we have to get this master plan all figured out before we start. I think we just have to start by what we put in our mouth, by what we put in our mind, by what we put uh, by putting on our athletic shoes and going for a yeah. walk. Health, yeah. health begins with the next bite of food and the next decision, the next morning that you decide to show up in a way that says, God, I just want to follow you. For me, this is discipleship. Health mm-hmm. and wellness, that's my platform. That's good and all. I would do this whether I was creating a business out of it or not. Right. To me, this is discipleship in its most basic, practical, in real-time, real-life way. Yes, long obedience in the same direction. Come on now. And I think, too, that we just have to see this as one day at a time, one step at a time. I think we can get overwhelmed when we look, oh, we want this, the goal, but it's just the one obedient step today. And it doesn't require perfection. It just requires obedience. Well, some of you uh, are are wanting to take the next step. Some of you are wanting to take uh, a practical next step. And some of you right now are saying, uh, and I think I need some help with that. And so Crystal, we want to hear, how can people get in touch with you? How can they know more about what you're about and, and what you've offered? Um, 
because the the well is deep on this. So fill, fill us in how they can contact you, how they can get in touch, and and maybe uh, just get a sense of of what you what you offer essentially. Yeah. So um, to be honest, I I am just in the embryonic phase. I mean, I'm talking ground level of of this. I honestly just started following Jesus in this and I just started people started showing up in my space. I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, let's do this." Um and so I've just been and so by word of mouth, I just got a client load and and that that's really what I began doing. Well, to reach out to me, I wish I could say, "Here's my website." <laughs> That is a work in progress right now. Um, but where you can reach me is at CJoy Wellness on Instagram. Um, I am I am there almost almost daily, but I do create boundaries. Wonderful. Good, good yes. for good you. Social okay. media boundaries. Yay. Fantastic. <laughs> um, but I do show up there. I show up there intentionally. I show up there to serve. I show up there to bring glory to God and to get things just practically. I show my life a lot, honestly. I mean, that it's kind of a passive way of um, pro, uh, of marketing <laughs> by just showing my life. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm the real deal. It, it's real. It's hard. And, and I'm, and I'm still making it work to the best of my ability. Um, and so you can also reach out to me at cjoywellness123 at gmail.com. Uh, you can email me and you know, what I do is a lot of one-on-one right now. My big plan, um, I've got big plans, Joel. I got Good. a lot of dreams, um, but I really think that healing happens best in community. So I want to create intentional spaces where we can actually go on journeys together because I, and I love a good journey. I love a good adventure. And so for me, that's all this health is, is like, this is, this is my hobby. This is my passion. Um, I see this as an opportunity to journey along with people and, and see what God might, might not do if we just give him space and, and, and create some surrender in our lives over things like food and exercise and, um, and, and really even Sabbath rest, um, man, is that ever a, a thing that is a part of this equation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, we have successfully recorded our first podcast. And so I'm super grateful for each and every one of you. Angie, thanks. Thank you, Joel. Crystal, thanks. It's been a pleasure. Chris, thanks. Absolutely. Guys, uh, you can connect with us over at, well, the best place to go if you want to just get all the details on us is at walkiemc.org. That's W-A-K-Y-M-C.org. If you want to e shoot us an email or call or, or whatever, you'll find uh, Chris, myself, Angie. You can uh, get in touch with us there. And obviously, as Crystal has shared her info and touch base with her, Feel free to reach out, guys. We would love to hear uh, what you think also of the show. So don't forget to smash that subscribe button, as the as the kids say. Uh, <laughs> subscribe, like, share us. Uh, that's super helpful for us, um, just so people can come in contact with what we're doing. And, uh, yeah, we love your feedback. So until next time, guys, thanks for listening. Have a blessed day.